Hello, Disruptors, and welcome back to another episode of The Oligarchy Disruptor. This is episode 95 with your host, Bennett Leon, and this is Ashley. Hey, guys. So we are going to talk about the decision that came down today in the three a case against the three officers um, who shot Breonna Taylor um, or who were involved in that, and then events that have kind of erupted since that decision today at 1215. Um, and then we're also going to discuss a recent poll that came out of Pew Research um, regarding support for BLM and how that's kind of changed since uh, June when this kind of first erupted. Yeah, so this should be a really good conversation. Really excited to see what's, uh, what's new and uh, popping in that case. So I know you're into that whole like judicial sphere of politics and stuff. So two questions. So what is the difference between an indictment and a, like a normal charge or whatever? And what happened earlier today uh, in that decision? Okay, so um, first, first question, I guess. The indictment, the difference between an indictment and um, like just being charged with something uh, a lot of prosecutors, they take their cases to a pre-jury type situation, and it's called a grand jury. And it's also all peers, um, you know, fellow community members, and they basically present their evidence, and it's just purely the prosecutor's evidence, and they get to decide if they think that that's enough um, for them to be charged. So they'll tell them what the charges are, give them the evidence, and then the jury gets to basically decide um if they would convict them basically mm -hmm. so um happened today was the grand jury basically said that um well they didn't indict him on any murder charges at all none of the officers crazy um so they just said that there was not enough evidence to prove um beyond a reasonable doubt that there was enough to charge them with murder but they did charge brett hankinson the officer um, whom a lot of people are saying shot the fires first into uh, Brenna Taylor's apartment. He is being charged with three counts of wanton endangerment, which is a very like obscure word in and of itself. Um, but it basically just is kind of like negligence. He shot a gun into, um, which we'll talk about too, actually the charges were for a neighbor. Um, so he basically risked people's lives, um, by doing that is what that said. You're endangering, kind of like, um, endangering a child. If, um, somebody gets, gets caught with drugs and there's a child in the car, a lot of times that's like child endangerment or things like that. So it's basically negligence is what he was charged with. Mm -hmm. So like, let's, now that we have a, like that understanding, let's kind of like play back the events, right? So like they have a no-knock warrant, right? So like they can come in without uh, without knocking, they can just barge in uh, because they were there to get the drugs or whatever. Mm -hmm. Only problem was when they got inside, there was no drugs. The person they were looking for didn't even live there. Obviously wasn't there. Uh, and they end up killing, shooting and killing Brianna Taylor instead, who was unarmed. And they shot the cops also shot bullets into the the neighbors uh houses and or their apartments or whatever uh 
Mm -hmm. And that was where the charges came from. So not from any of the horrible, terrible shit that happened inside of Breonna Taylor's apartment, but the possible, just the mere possibility of it happening to a white family, uh, which was, I guess, like, uh, like I just said, they were white. They happened to be white. Um, it was a kid, a pregnant lady, and like some dude, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Um, and that's, I guess, what the three charges were for, were for that, those three um, people that were in the apartment adjacent or next door to, actually. Yeah, yeah so that's, <laughs> that's really, really crazy to me. And uh, Ben Crump, who is the lawyer for Breonna Taylor's family, did a good job of uh, explaining that in a tweet. So I wanted to go ahead and show you that in just a moment. Um, so here we go. So this is uh, him and a tweet talking about that. So he says, how ironic and typical that the only charges brought in Breonna Taylor's case were for shots fired into the apartment of a white neighbor. Well, no charges were brought for the shots fired at Bree uh, or into her black neighbor's apartment. So that it's super, super uh, interesting to me um, to, to know and you mentioned something earlier to me that I also found interesting. You mentioned that because this was a grand jury or whatever, that you were surprised at the results and how, how it actually came to be, right? So mm -hmm. why are you shocked at that? Why did you have that kind of reaction initially when, when you found out like the, how it was going? Um, I think because of everything that's going on with BLM um, and with all the recent uh cases that are kind of coming to light or well not even coming to light that have legitimately happened since george floyd there's been a astronomical number um and now we're hearing about or learning about previous more previous ones as well um but it, with cases like this it's really hard because there's so much media attention um so i just kind of assumed that with the media attention the people you know the community members that are sitting in the grand jury clearly have been following Black Lives Matter and um, uh, the other cases and Breonna Taylor's case, of course, that this is a very um, prominent case with the Black Lives Matter movement. It's not, um, I, would say, I would say George Floyd and Breonna Taylor are probably the two most infamous ones that you hear the most about. Yeah. Um, so I think I was just surprised that more of them weren't, um, I guess, wanting to, and I, I guess I, I want to be careful how I word this because it is about evidence, right? It's not necessarily, do you want to convict this person? It's, do you have enough evidence to convict this person? Mm -hmm. um, but I just find it kind of strange. I don't know the strategy that the prosecutors use, um, the attorney general's office, but I just find it strange that they didn't find that in, information. And then what they did come out with was racist. I mean, <laughs> they, they didn't charge any, anybody with anything that happened in Breonna Taylor's apartment. And yet her white neighbors were felt, you know, were extremely threatened by this force. I mean, I don't, I don't, I guess I was just disappointed. I mean, yeah, this, the whole situation smells super fishy. Um, it also makes me wonder what's, what, I think grand jury 
grand jury proceedings are so like everything's on the record, you know, but at the same time, I think that since it is behind closed doors, it's so much easier for things to maybe go awry that we don't know about. Um, a lot of people don't even really know about grand jury proceedings in general. Um, and there's like this whole secret room in courthouses for them and stuff. So I don't know. It just makes me wonder what kind of angle the attorney general's office used in the, in the proceedings that they came out with this kind of indictment. Mm -hmm. I mean, ultimately, I mean, I feel like we're not going to find out like a lot of these details until after like the whole thing is like said and done or whatever, but uh, hopefully um, just to serve like it was for George Floyd um, in that case. So, I mean, he was like, I think he was given, what was it? Third degree murder, right? Yeah. Third degree murder. Third degree. And then all the other officers got um, aiding and abetting a second degree murder charge. Mm -hmm. so, so, I mean, it's, it's disappointing to compare them, but especially without the outcry, you know, like there's been a lot of outcry, not only from like protesters, uh, like that have been out and about since she was killed. Um, but there's also been an outcry from like the blue checks of uh, the world and like social media and stuff and like the rich people or whatnot. They're <laughs> talking about this and saying like, say her name or whatever, like that's all about her. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. But um, although I'm kind of pessimistic for results, just because I feel like our society and our country has just like beaten us down for like decades. I just feel like every time you get your hopes about, about anything, you always just get let down. So I feel like that's just the outcome for everything for the most part now. So however, it's anytime something actually good happens that I'm just like, okay, <laughs> okay, this is actually good for once, finally. Well, yeah, you gotta say something? Yeah, I, 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 this reminded me of, we were just talking about the attorney general who's prosecuting this case and what his um, remarks were when he just oh, yeah. delivered the decision to the public. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought that his word choices were very interesting. It was very much aligned with the typical we back officers. I don't know, that's kind of what I was getting out of it. Um, and this, there is no secret that there is a relationship between prosecutors and police officers. I mean, Sure. In this country, you are not innocent until proven guilty. You are guilty until proven innocent. <laughs> um, and that's just because the police do work with prosecutors. They're not supposed to, but it's like an unsaid thing, you know, um, especially if, among CPD. Um, but with, when the prosecutor kind of said, you know, we didn't have enough to charge them and um, the other officers that weren't indicted on any charges, they... Um, you know, everything with Breonna Taylor, her death was a tragedy. He kept saying that word tragedy, but, and then he would follow it up with all these buts and he would say, you know, but these other officers, we felt that they used the correct force, um, under self, under the laws of self-defense. And I don't know. I just think that like from the beginning, it, I don't think that there was really a good investigation into who actually was at fault for this. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing he said, well, we don't even really know if the bullets that were hit Breonna Taylor were from 
Brett Hankinson's gun. And it's like, okay, well, they were from somebody's gun who was shooting into the apartment. It wasn't from her boyfriend. So somebody <laughs> needs to be responsible for this, you know? If somebody were to come, and I understand that they were serving a warrant, right? And that's another thing that he said. We, they were serving a no-knock warrant, and they actually did present themselves. They announced themselves before going into the home, which they didn't have to do. So he was almost kind of, you know, saying like, I don't know. To me, it was like, oh, they did everything right and something just horrible went wrong. And it's like over 20 shots were fired and somebody died and you found no drugs. The person you were looking for was not there. Like, how does, how is somebody not being held accountable? I mean, yeah, dude. I don't know. It's, it's shocking. It's shocking. And it, it's just, it reveals like how broken and dysfunctional not only our justice system is and has been for decades and since its inception, really, um, but it's also spilling over into general society now. And we see that with the riots that are erupting. We see that with the protests that have been going on for, what, like over 80 days, 90 days now. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a great uh, place to talk about how even just after these new revelations um, in the case, um, uh, two cops were shot, right? So like, let's talk about that. You were the the one that actually told me about this. So uh, two cops, right, that were killed in Kentucky. And this happened right after this was announced, right, basically? Well, just no, actually, it happened like just now, like, while we were preparing for the podcast. So the decision came down at 12.15 and they just, um, the protests erupted, I think, immediately after uh, in Louisville. I know there's art, there's stuff going on in Chicago tonight as well. Yeah. Um, but as of the afternoon when I was downtown, there wasn't anything really going on. Um, but yeah, and two police officers have been shot in Kentucky. They are not saying that it is part you know, they don't know if it sure. has anything to do with the protests, but you know where all the cops are tonight. I mean, yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, we don't, we want to, we don't want to insinuate that it's directly that they were killed directly because of this, but if it wasn't, then the, the timing of it is a huge coincidence, you know? Um, so like, but we can understand that, you know, this also happened a while ago in like Dallas where they were shooting those cops as well over there too. Um, so, I mean, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case, but it is a sad reality uh, that we're having to kill ourselves like that. I guess we don't have to, but we're just kill ourselves. What do you mean? We're choosing it. We're very willing, very willing participants. Huh? What do you mean? Uh, killing ourselves in that like, um, like cops and like, protesters oh like back and forth like that's what I meant yeah Yeah. um so I thought that was a really sad reality too uh that just kind of popped up right now um but something else that has to do with that is some new research that we had mentioned at the very beginning of the show of with um research from Pew Research and uh let me pull that up for you now it's actually an article uh here you go so one second, uh, it's over here, I think. Yes, okay. So 
Uh, as you can see in the title, this is from this is from the uh, earlier this month, September 16th, 2020. Uh, it's titled Support for Black Lives Matter has decreased since June, but remains strong against Black Americans. Um, so let's take a look at the numbers. So let me make this a little bigger for you. Um, so support for Black Lives Matter movements uh, is down since June. So between all, um, all adults, so between that darker shade is September and the lighter shade is June. So um, back then, in, back in June, we were at 67%, dropped down to 55% among all adults. Um, among white people, 60% uh, back in June, down to 45% now. That's pretty big, 20, almost 20%. Uh, 15%. Yeah. Uh, black people, uh, it has relatively remained the same. For Hispanics, uh, it has also decreased about 10 points. And uh, for Asian Americans, it has decreased about um, six points. So um, between the Republican and Democratic fields, de Democrats largely, largely support BLM way more than Republicans. Um, so uh, in June it was 92 down to 88 now and uh, the Republicans or leaning Republicans they were only in June at their peak or whatever at 37% now down to 16 basically cut in half and that's pretty startling too for if they actually want to get stuff done which they definitely do need to get stuff done uh, that's a very important uh, demographic to reach and get to understand your plight yeah, and uh, it's funny that now, now that I'm like seeing this visually, the AG in this case is Republican. Um, we were just talking earlier that he's like a protege of, of um, uh, Mitch McConnell, they say, mm -hmm. and he was possibly, a, a, he was in the top 20 for Trump's um, Supreme Court picks. So that's interesting. It's like Republicans never even had a high support for BLM, period. <laughs> so it's not surprising that a Republican AG is not, you know, trying very hard to indict officers. Mm -hmm. I mean, now with a, a background like that, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> um, so uh, let's uh, go on to the other uh, chart that they have included here. So this one um, is about Black adults most likely to express strong support for Black Lives Matter. Um, so between those that strong support and somewhat support is about half. You know, they're about cut in half, 55% uh, net that support it overall. Um, among white people, 22 strong support it, 23. Uh, black people, of course, uh, we, we see it standing strong, 62% uh, and 25% that are somewhat supportive. So, and then we, yeah, we see the same thing basically with uh, Republicans and Democrats, Republicans, very, very strongly support BLM. And that's, this is actually a good demographic to see at least within the Democratic Party, at the very least, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I thought that was really interesting to share with you guys and really um, interesting. So uh, any initial thoughts after like reading all that and like connecting the dots with all this stuff, was anything like making sense to you? 
You know, I think visually seeing that it also kind of puts into perspective the grand jury decision. Um, you know, support for BLM is down. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I think that it's also important to know. And if you haven't listened, if you're listening to this episode and you haven't listened to our episode about the media, you sh totally should. <laughs> um, because I think that's another thing is that we've discussed many times is the media has skewed the view of BLM, it's, it's, and especially in the recent weeks where it's all, all you see is just the, the just, and it's obviously a political strategy too with campaigns coming up uh -huh. and everything. But, um, you know, the fear mongering of the BLM is all about looting and rioting and they want to abolish the police and they want to, they're, they're, they're against law and order and we can't let these animals run free. And it's just like, you know, and Trump these literally are like, called them animals like, at one point. Yes, this is, literal, this is honest rhetoric. And it's, um, so I guess it puts it into perspective, seeing, having a visual representation of the lack of support, mm -hmm. or I guess the, the decreased support, because there's still strong support amongst Black Americans and amongst Democrats too, no matter mm -hmm. the demographic, so. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I think this, uh, after looking at all that our research from Pew, uh, it makes me think like, why, right? So like, why? are we going down at all? Like, why is BLM going down? And the only, the only logical explanation I can think of is more or less what you said with like the media portraying them in a bad light at, throughout this time, right? Um, and that's the most effective way I can think that it would, that that would happen because what have, what have they said about them? That they're like thugs and they're only rioters. And then they even, on Fox News, I've noticed this especially, that they are even calling protesters uh, Biden voters, you know? So they're associating, yes. they're associating uh, rioters and like the people that are like burning fucking places or whatever to the ground as they're labeling them as Biden voters. So what does that say to their base and the Republican base that like all the Democrats are betcha crazy. They wanna like burn down the, the entire country and uh, we're anarchists and all this type of shit, you know? So like, of course, th those are all blatantly false lies. Um, but I mean, that's how this is happening. That's how the, the minds of the people are getting strongly changed. And this is just a testament to the power of the media, to the power of the visual propaganda that we face every single day. Um, that's why shit doesn't get done for every, almost every reason you can think of, gun control, healthcare it's just brainwashing on a mass scale and yeah despite what we actually think and know to be true like Ashley and I like you you and I both know that we like we've been out there like we know like for the vast majority of like the protests that go on is at least in the ones in Chicago or whatnot they're all peaceful you know like yeah at least when I was with you, I never saw anything like that. I know I never saw any anything. Of course, I'm not like stupid or ignorant enough to believe that like that didn't happen at all. Like even if I wasn't, sure. I'm not like ignorant enough to believe that like that doesn't happen. Of course, it might happen, but there's a difference between the looters and the protesters. Yeah. You know. Well, and I think it's important to note too. You know, Michigan Avenue, I think, was looted twice yeah. through this entire thing. 
um, in, in two different instances, not like over a weekend span, you know, and yet this is the thing that people are, are religiously talking about or, you know, and sure, there are places boarded up in Chicago, but that's because places got looted, protests gone wrong, let's call it. But I don't think that there are, they're the majority of protesters. I've never gone to a protest where I've seen people with bats and bricks. Like, no, I've never, never. And so I think that like, you have to separate the, I don't want to say this, but kind of like the daytime protesters from mm. the, the, the craziness that comes out at night. And it's just like, you can be a peaceful protester and then you could be a criminal. Those are, that's totally a thing. It's mm -hmm. totally a thing. But the media doesn't want to portray it like that. The media wants to portray it like, if you are a protester or if you support the protesters, you support BLM, just so you know, they're burning down all of your cities. Yeah, so like it, it's that just kind of like blatant lies that and people don't like care enough to like doubt them or like look into the subject at all. So it just adds more fuel onto the fire and then we get terrible results after terrible results like we do an election after election. And it, it's directly due to that. So it, it's, a, it's all connected. It's all a self-defeating cycle. And it all, feel, it all feeds into each other. Um, yeah. Honestly, I would be interested in seeing how many people really support the looting and the rioting amongst BLM. Because from the, a lot of the people that I've talked to, my, uh, my friends, they, are, they think it's completely outrageous. Um, you know, and pe people of color, you know, my black friends, they are not they're in support, obviously, of Black Lives Matter, but they're not, you know, they don't, they think that this is outrageous, you know, that, that they're ruining our city is what they kind of say, you know, by doing that. Um, so I think that that's also something that like the media is totally, totally taking out of it. It's like the amount of people in BLM that support that type of protesting, rioting is not the majority, I'm sure. No, it, it's definitely not. And we don't even have to look into the research of that at all. Like we, I, I, I mean, I could say that as a fact, you know, like, yeah, because it just doesn't make any sense, you know, like we're out there for one reason, but we end up stealing shit in the end of the day, like, and shooting police officers. Like, like yeah. no, those no. are people with different types of objectives. You know, those are like the, um, the Antifa that you're looking for, like the, the cop killers and shit like that. Like, yeah, you should be going after like those people, but you know, like there's, like I said, there's a difference between the protesters and the rioters, you know, and, that's, and a criminal, exactly. <laughs> that's what it comes down to, you know, um, but enough with the lies, enough with the false propaganda, enough with that shit, like, you know, like, and you guys especially have to do your own research too, like, you can't just go off what someone, especially, especially off the mainstream media will tell you, you cannot, yeah, if you, if you're the type of person that listens or watches CNN and MSNBC and Fox News all day, you might think that you're well-informed, but all it really means is that you're misinformed and you're very misguided, um, if, especially if you listen to them. So, I mean, that's just the truth of it. It's not a personal attack. It's not like anything like that. It's just, it is what it is and time to, to wake up uh ruffle the fellows around a little bit and figure out like where you stand ideolo ideologically and where you want this country to go from here like i was arguing with us about someone like the other day because like we we differ politically right so like i was arguing that some people like there's issues that we cannot afford 
to have different opinions on. A good example of that is the climate, climate change, right? So like, mm -hmm. we can't necessarily afford to disagree like uh, on, on issues like that right now, especially during this time frame. Like we only given like 10 years, issues like healthcare and stuff. Like if you, we don't agree and like we don't give everybody like healthcare, like if we go the opposite route of that, like people are just gonna die like they have been dying, you know? Like, like that's why we have to like, we have to agree on some things and then move society forward in at least some way. Like we can't disagree on everything. This polarization that's going on right now in America in between like the two parties and everybody else, like it, it doesn't do anything. Like this team sport it's type dangerous. of mentality, it, it, it's dangerous, it, it's reckless, it's stupid beyond anything and it's self-defeating. And it's bringing our whole country down with us. Like pretty soon, probably i don't know if probably within my lifetime maybe within like the next lifetime we're probably gonna uh be like a second world country you know we're not even gonna be a first world country so it's gonna be uh we'll, we'll see what happens there that's a pretty uh harsh prediction but uh, i was gonna say that's interesting <laughs> uh yeah so um definitely a second rate country i would i would say but i do love this country and that's why i want to stay here uh, and i want to see things get better you know like I could leave. Many progressives could leave. We could go to, you, you don't think we'll be happy in like a place like with, uh, with like a PM, a prime minister, like Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand. Like I would love it there. I think it's a beautiful country and it has everything I would want, but this is my home and I want to make this place better. I don't hate America. I don't want it to be like communist or like whatever. Like I just want it to be better and I want it to work yeah. for everybody. That's it. But yeah, so I think it's a great place I to I think wrap. a lot of people think the same thing, Bennett. Yeah, like, but they're acting a different way, which is the the difference. It's fucked up. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so yeah, let's let's wrap it up here. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in to this episode. Uh, Ashley, where can they find us? All right, guys. So you can find us on pretty much every social media platform and all areas pretty much that you can listen to podcasts. So podcast wise, you can hear us on Anchor. You can hear us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then social media, you can find us via the Oligarchy, pod, the Oligarchy Disruptor or the Oligarchy Disruptor podcast on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We also have a WordPress um, website where we write articles and a YouTube channel. Oh, 100%. Oh, All my right. gosh. <laughs> All right, guys. So once again, thank you so much for tuning into this episode and this conversation between Ashley and I. We greatly appreciate that. And we'll catch you on the next one. Bye, See guys. You. Bye.